Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. Thank you, faithful Father. In Jesus' most precious name we are praying. Amen, 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 Jesus. Praise the Lord. Amen. We thank God for the week of Christmas. And we... We thank him for the opportunity of seeing today. And his name forever be forever be glorified. I would we are talking about gratitude because it is important that in order to be grateful for Christmas, we need to really understand what it is all about. I know we do, but it's important that, you know, I was, so we would just look at the word, we would start from the word gratitude. And when you look at the definition of gratitude, this is just a Google search, you look at the definition of gratitude, there are a couple of things that you see there. It says thanks, appreciation, recognition, Acknowledgement, how you regard, respect. So when you are showing gratitude, also means respecting a particular thing, showing respect for something, showing respect for something. And you begin to see this has been a theme all through scriptures, as God tries to, you know, tries to look at how people show respect or honor a particular a particular thing. But one of the things is that you cannot honor what you don't understand. Or, let's take it this way, you cannot give due honor. You know, we normally say honor to whom honor is due. That means there is some level of honor that is due to some people. And when you do not when you do not give honor to a particular thing, the honor that is due to it, it is also termed as disrespect. And you will begin to see it play out in scriptures. God is not saying people are not honoring him. He said, Yo, you are not honoring me what is due to me. And you begin to see it as we go to Psalm 50 verse he said, call my followers together. They have offered me a sacrifice. They offered me a sacrifice and we made an agreement. The heavens announce God is the judge. And he is honest. Now, when you see the story of Hannah, Hannah when Hannah was talking about God, Hannah said, God to whom he weighs the thoughts of men. God doesn't just weigh what you present. He goes far beyond that. And you begin to say, it, he says, he says, my people, he said, my people, I, I, am, I am God. Israel, I am your God. Listening to my charges against you. Yes, sir. He says, although you offer me sacrifices and always bring gifts, 
He said, I will not accept your offering of bulls or goats. Every animal in the forest belongs to me. So basically, God is saying, you know, I can I can use anything. He says, He says, and the cattle on the thousand hills. I know all the birds in the mountains, and every wild creature in, is in my care. If I were hungry, I would not tell you. Because I own the world and everything in it. I do not eat meat or booze or drink blood of goats. I am God the Most High. He said, the only sacrifice I want from you is to be thankful and keep your word. He said, pray to me in time of trouble, I will rescue you and you will honor me. Now he's saying the sacrifice I'm asking is thankful. I know the way we kind of see thanks. He's saying no. When he says thankful, that means it is something that comes from within. There is difference between thanks and being thankful. So he's saying these people turn up regularly before me. But what they are offering doesn't connect from within. So I say, you know, I don't, I don't need you to turn up. That's basically what God is saying. If you will not present what you ought to present to me in the right way. You will see God indicting even now. When we started reading this scripture from verse 5, don't worry about it. From verse 5, he said, Gather my people. So God is, so we are not, what we are talking about, we are not first of all talking about outsiders. God is referring to, and you begin to see that God doesn't quickly speak to people outside. He starts from those who think they are or who are close to him. So you say again in Malachi chapter 1 he said almighty the lord almighty says to the priests children honor their parents again you're talking about regard he said servants honor their masters i am your father why don't you honor me another person will say if i am your father why don't you honor me so basically saying don't just bring things. Please, we, we will get to that point. We are not talking about things as it were. But he's saying that have regard in the way, let have an understanding. Okay, let me put this way. He said, I am your father. Basically, what he's saying, have a picture, have a perfect picture of who I am. If you don't understand who I am, you will not be able to honor me accurately. That is why the deeper your knowledge about God, and it is on a, it is on, it is, it you you go from one level of another. There is no one that has a perfect knowledge of God. But as you begin to know Him, your attitude to worship Him will be different. He said, He said, why don't you respect Him? He said, you despise me, yet you ask, how do we despise you? 
Is this, is this how by offering worthless food on my altar? They were offering stuff. Yes, let's go on. He said, then you ask, how have we failed to respect you? I tell you by showing content for my, for my altar. When you bring blind, blind and sick and lame animals to sacrifice before me. He said, do you think there is, you, do you think there is nothing wrong with that? Have you ever had, we worship God anyhow? I can praise him anyhow, which is not bad. And, please, that was the day when God, God was laying this in my heart, quite a long time ago. I was preaching some, I was, I was, I was, I wasn't preaching, it was just something that God was just, he said, he was saying that, in the body of Christ, there are so many people worshiping mammon. Do you know what they call mammon? Money. And he said, this was a scripture in Jesus explained to me. He said, what they will not do at their workplace, they will do in church. Why? Because they pay them there. So, so they appear before me, they are worshiping mammon, they think they are worshiping me. The way they will treat their work will be different from the way they will act when they come before God. I used to be part of a cleaning team. God helped us a little job I know I got there. I had the, you know. People that you know are doing cleaning as day-to-day job. They are the one pouring dirt on the floor and walking away. Because that place, they are not being paid. Please, I'm not, I'm not, don't tell me, I'm not downgrading a particular job, digging and trying Someone said, I cannot wash toilet in church, but you can walk, wash it at your workplace. I'm not saying you have to. But what I'm saying is that the way God weighs things, the way people do, that's why, see, please notice that all the people that we're talking about, there are people that keep off, that something said, you keep bringing me sacrifice. So that means you are, you are punctual in bringing it. But the way you behave, if you were, you know, I used to tell my, I was managing a team some time ago, and I used to tell them, I said, let's all do an example. How many of you here will employ yourself if you were the employer? <laughs> and one of the people said, wow, by the way, you can't employ yourself. So why, why, you know, the way you are behaving, you can't employ yourself. He said, he now said, this is God saying, now, what was God trying to point out? We have regard for me. He said, okay, take what you have given me and go and present it to your governors and see if he will be pleased with you and grant you favor. What the way you are behaving before me. Go and behave that same way at your workplace and see what will happen. That's what God is saying. He said, if you cannot do that in what place you call office, then you cannot be behaving. Please remember, this is not in my personal house, my personal, no, this is in the church. That's why he said the, the, the priests 
you have people who would. So God is saying, at least at the minimum, at the minimum, compare me with your boss. You know what is interesting here? These people, they will not see. It's not that God appears in every service in those days. So at times, you know, it's not that, it's not that you know, just like we are here now, you know, God, God is not, you know, God is not, I, I think it's like that. that was, I don't want to see, you know. It, it is important. I, I am not saying this for everybody, please. I'm not putting me on the spot. It's just something that I have learned also. Somebody said, somebody said, how is it that when your boss is talking to you at work, you will take down notes? But when God is speaking to you, you say, oh, yeah, I understand. It is just the same. I'm just using that as an example. See, we, God help me. We've been, you know, since we're doing broadcast now, we've not been taking offering. But we normally take offering. Um, the people just give offering now, which we are happy to take. And when God was speaking to me a couple of weeks ago, he said, I am not saying that you should compel people to give. But when they want to give, let it be honorable. I said, because that offering is for me. I am not saying give, that's all I'm saying. You know, most of the time when we, because of lockdown and things like that, at times we forget, at times, you know, we just do things like that. And God was saying to me, I was saying to him that I was telling her, he said, no, he said, I see all that's going on and I appreciate the situation of things. But that offering is a worship before me. So don't just, you know, God help us. See, I too am learning, I'm just telling you. See, there are talents that God say, no, this is not how. See, it is not, it is an honor to me. God help us in Jesus' name. So he said, he said, we are going, we're going somewhere with this. You know, there was Christmas about this. Don't worry, you'll get it. Um, so he said, he said, he said, he said, go and try, give it to them and see if they will be pleased with you. You know, just we thank God for what God is doing here. You know, five people, some people turn up in church, their clothes are like, you know. <laughs> you wonder. We thank God for this church. Some church you, know, you don't even know if it's white or brown. See, I know, ah, don't worry, let us just take, take anything. I said to somebody, I said, you will never see a Pentecostal pastor turn up with a rough, a, a jacket that is, that is, that is. So why, why would, even if, knows, even if we want to do Friday service, I would iron my clothes. It is an honor before God. He is basically saying that, you know, you are turning up this way. Will you turn up this way if you were doing Zoom call at your office? I know some people turn up in very... <laughs> and, you know, at the time, you know, I think they are telling people, you know, if you have to just switch up your camera, don't worry, because you're going to have to say, so, you know, I got some people, you know, I understand, you know, the statistic says that, you know, there is no um, Tesco and the rest, they are not selling, they are not selling much of uh, 
trousers, it's only suit and shirt that they are selling now. There's no, nobody's buying trousers or skirts <laughs> and things like that. Because I can come there, a conference call going on, and you know, suited up and things like that, senior managers, and things like that. So he didn't know that the camera was still on, so when somebody called him, he stood up. <laughs> What is this? <laughs> so he had all his suit up, everything was okay, but it was nothing not pants. <laughs> so people do all sorts of crazy things now these days. God bless us in Jesus' name. You know, I was talking to I was talking last week, I was just sharing something last week last week before somebody was saying to me that um, that God called him to God called somebody to full-time ministry. And I said, What is the full-time job you're doing? I said, if God calls you into full-time ministry, I can guarantee you one thing. It will give you a full-time job. Either you'll be praying for five hours a day and going out for the rest two hours. See, this is the way God, this is the way I want people to see God. God cannot tell, my understanding, right? God cannot tell his mem- other church members like this to go out and walk and You'll be sleeping, waking up at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. You are doing full-time ministry. That's not... One thing, one thing I've learned, God will take that. But do you know what will happen? Your result will be equivalent to that two hours you are doing per day. Somebody was saying, I know somebody was in full-time and God has been blessing them. I said, check, what are they doing? The guy was saying, oh, yeah. He said they work full-time. They go out and evangelize from 9 a.m., Till three, then they come home, take break, and start prayers. It is better you. It is better you work for your boss than to work full time for God. But you work full time for God. And all those uh, time whereby you be sleeping on computer while you are uh, while you are in Zoom. I don't know if I've ever experienced all those wonderful things. That people are snoring. <laughs> yes, I'm trying to say. Why you on Zoom? Are you feel like, what's going on? Then you have to roll call. You discovered that. <laughs> oh God, that was a very senior person. So, <laughs> can we just say, wait, can we just mute everybody? So we continue. God help us in Jesus' name. No, that's just, you see, I'm not saying, I said to myself, the first period of time when God is still trying, it's just like setting up an office. There are so many things that you will not understand, or maybe you know, but by the time a year passes, it would have, you would have full-time job. Why? Because in the days of the Levites, when God said it should not work, they were doing full-time job. They were not, there was no, there was no time for, why? Because the Bible says the Altar lamp should not go out all through the day. So there was no time for, um, you know, <laughs> I said, see, and that is my, you know, that is the way I see God from scripture. So what I'm trying to say here is that people just tell God, you know, he, he, he understands. That is why he's saying, you need to understand who I am. So he's saying, uh, he said, Go and give it to your government. See what they would say. See what they would say. God bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. So we will begin to see that honor is important 
in the kingdom of God. Having value for the things of God says how far God will go. There are things that I've discovered. God, see, God is not, is not um, let's just read the scripture. No, he says here, he says, he says, Matthew, sorry, first time I said, he said, far be it from me. Okay, he said, the Lord says to God of, the God of Israel declares, I promised you that you and your family will minister to me forever. So God is saying, this is my promise. So it's as if you have water in the tank. But the tap that will determine how much of the water gets to you is the tap of honey. I don't know if that makes sense. So you can have full God, God's promises. And God said, yes, it's not a problem. But how you understand honor will determine how much of it you get. So you see, he said, far be it from me. Those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me, I will, will be distinct. Let's go on, please. Now, I just want to just show you a scripture. We are going, we are coming to Christmas, don't we? We are coming to Christmas very soon. Um, the Bible says, and now Mark chapter 5, verse 17 to 26. It said, now it happened on a certain day. He was teaching, that is Jesus. And there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town in Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of God was present to heal them. Please, who is the dead? The Pharisees and the teachers. If you understand God, God does not supply things until the time you need. No, he doesn't do that. What is not needed, he doesn't supply. Let me give you a little bit I know, a little bit I know about ministry. Is that when you don't understand need versus want in ministry, you will spend God's money anyhow. You think, ah, we are struggling. Because what is needed, you saw it the way Jesus did when he provided five loaves of bread and two fishes. Afterwards, he didn't say, give them as takeaway. Did he say that? He said, no. God done it. That is the nature. This is where people don't understand. Like, you know, my God will give me according to his riches in glory. Yes. I will give you another. And this is where people need to understand. The same God who provided manna in the desert is the same God that told Joseph to save. Some people there are Faith walk, there is nothing that God is saying safe. It is always just believe and receive. The same God that said to somebody, time is going to come, save. I've explained it to us, it's happened to me at the time. 
we did not know that we were going to go through that period of time. I was sleeping. And God told me, he was so clear in my dream. He said, it is time for you to start to save. Those who are of powerful ministry of faith, say, don't worry. God will provide. Because it is lack of knowledge of scriptures. My wife would tell you, then we began to go through every single thing. That was when we had two cars. We returned one. I know that was, uh, you know, ah, why are we going to set him back? But when the time came, it was clear. Because she was out of work. If, uh, if we had said, ah, we are believing God, we are believing God, we are believing God, we are believing God, believing God. ah. <laughs> God said, believe me, my, my son, believe me. <laughs> See, this is the side of faith preaching that they don't tell people. Faith is not only to get, it is also to give. So he said to me, he said, save. In fact, I will not lie to you, the school that our daughter is going now, in that because there is a school around that area, you will not be able to sustain this school for both of the kids. <laughs> See, if you have not, hallelujah. You know, I used to say, you said, you have faith more than I do. You know, I am still growing. I'm honestly, I'm still growing. Uh, but God, God grant us grace in Jesus' name. I am not saying that God is not able to give you um, more than you can you can think or imagine. God can, that is his character. But he also teaches his children. Basically, God doesn't endorse wasting. He doesn't endorse just spending. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't worry. You know. I don't know if you can remember. That was the day we were talking. I and Agatun were talking. I spoke to you. I, I said this to you at, when we were at the, in the, in, in, in the school. At the, um, what's it called? By the Sunday school. When we were talking about church getting more money. If you can remember what I said. I said, every cupboard that comes through the door of the church, God has, there is no Yabula, you know, where every penny is accounted for. He knows what he wants to use it for. And can you remember the dark said, He knows every single penny he wants to use it for. It is not you that will come and think. Say, ah, well, we have this now. Why don't we just do it? God doesn't work that way. Every penny has a name on it. 
the day when we were when we were God was helping us uh, one day they were doing um, the choir were talking about buying speaker or something like that I believe buying speaker and there was a lady that was in church that day um, and and she said God she was not a member of the choir but they were talking about it and God laid it in her heart to buy the, the speaker so she, um, I was told then that uh, they said that they've gotten the money to buy the speaker. Uh, they, somebody has volunteered to buy the speaker. I said, okay. The person came in the next Sunday or two Sundays after, forgot to bring the money. She was sitting in church and was saying, what are you doing? Stand up and go and bring the money. She went, gave the money, gave it to them. So the choir master said, okay, since that God has bought his speaker, return the money back to everybody. Ah, let us know. You don't save money. For, it is not. A day will come where God will help us to teach about how God funds his church. Return it back. If they now want to give, then they give. But God has bought his speaker. It doesn't mean that he doesn't want their gift. It just means that this is the person he wants, him to, buy. He wants to buy it. I'm not sharing this with you so that you would know, especially, I don't know what God is leading you to in your family or especially as the situations begin, may begin to change within the country. God may be speaking to you and you are saying, no, I believe, hey, devil, get back, get, get it behind me. I want to go to, to, to Afghanistan, can't do anything. <laughs> God help me. Amen. So, amen. So, now, please note here that he said to them. So that means that that healing power was available to those Pharisees. Now, when you begin to say, then behold, they brought a man on bed who was paralyzed and sought and and there was and they sought to bring him in and lay before him and and when they could not find a space that they were bringing him in because of the crowd they went up and they, they went up on, on the on they went up on the house stop so on the house stop and let him down with his bed through through the tiling into the mist before Jesus. Let's go on. Then Jesus saw their faith and said, Son of man, your faith are your, your sins are forgiven. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason. Please note, they were not talking. It was in their mind. Who is this person? Basically, disrespecting him. The Bible says that, and Jesus perceived their thought and answered to them, Why are you reasoning in your heart? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or rise up and walk. Let's go on to this. Then he said to him, take your, rise up, take your things and walk. Verse 25, immediately he arose before them, the Pharisees. He took up, he, he took up what he had been laying on, and he departed in, to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed. And they were filled with, with and, and they glorified God 
and they were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today. Hallelujah. But who was the healing powerful? Them. So they went back, saying, Wow, that service was wonderful. But actually, it was exactly for you. Because they did not, they came to listen. So they, they approved him as a teacher. But when he stood up in their midst as God, because it's only God that can say, I forgive your sins. They began to say, ah, no, no, no. So what I'm trying to say is that they gave him respect. But that respect was not the due one. Does this make sense to us? God bless, God help us on in Jesus' name. So you begin to say again in Matthew chapter 8, this is the centurion. And the centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to come under your roof. But just say a word and, you, and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority. What's he saying? I understand honor. I understand how I, I, when, when I'm dealing with my bosses, he said, and, and soldiers are under me. But I will tell one to go, and he goes, and tell one to come, and he comes. And I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. Let's read it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed, and he said to those following him, truly I said, truly I said to you, I, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. If you read the scripture that we read before, they disrespected him, Jesus planted their unbelief. Again, you cannot, it is how well you understand and value God. But see, let me just put it this way. Is this not interesting? He said, truly I, say, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. What is wrong with the statement? Do you know that Peter, he found him where? In Israel. John the Baptist, where did God find Jesus find him? In Israel. So Jesus now said, because this man understands how honor is given, he said, including my mother, that met, that met God in Gabriel. <laughs> this man, I have not found a man like this in the whole of Israel. I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Honor. Honoring God the way he ought to be brings you into a new level with him. May God grant us understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 13, just because we're time, Matthew chapter 13. And you, 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 you just see it on and on. On and on. The Bible says, all the, he said, they were talking about Jesus. Are all his sisters not with us? And then 
did, did this man get all, all these things? Now, the Bible said they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town and his own home. Please note again what he connected that lack of honor to. Again, he said, he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. Again, you are seeing the link between honor and faith in the way God sees things. God grants understanding in the name of Jesus Christ. So, as we end up, as it gets closer, we look at Christmas. We are, we are looking at Christmas. And you understand why I've said, why I've gone through that path to get to this place. Matthew chapter 2, the Bible says that, and when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And coming to the house, so it is Christmas, and I am excited. And on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother. And they bowed down and worshipped him. Overjoyed on Christmas. And popping champagne, killing chicken. is still overjoyed. But when you come to understand, when you have an encounter with the person, what comes from you is worship. You know, there's a time when I used to say this, that people who go to, who go to the naming ceremony, and they don't know the name of the baby, so who do you know if it, is, if, it is, if it is a boy or girl? They said, ah, I was the baby, it was wonderful. What is the name of the child? Ah. <laughs> Text his mom. <laughs> have you not been there? I've been there before. You know, everyone before you. Is it male or female? <laughs> we shall get back to each other. I can't tell you about us. <laughs> Thank you. I've been there. Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a person that's going to, <laughs> going to raise a child. <laughs> so, you know, there is a man or a boy or girl. It's okay. We thank God for their life. And things like that. But what I'm trying to say is that when, until we come to the point of worship, now, you cannot worship him well on Christmas if you don't understand what was presented to him. And Christmas is not a day. Chris, we are not thankful for God keeping us on Christmas. That is great. But we are thankful for one thing on Christmas. is song. You can celebrate you can celebrate Thanksgiving of, you know, yes, which is great. Please don't get me wrong, you can, but the most important thing you are thankful for on Christmas is that 
his son came. That is why when they brought the gift, the Bible says that they presented gift of gold, Frankenstein, or Frankincense. Frankenstein, I'm not breaking my... Sorry, sorry, I'm on the podcast. Sorry, I should speak English. <laughs> but that's what we call it there. But that's what I call it there. God has, God has, God has helped us. You know? There is a part of God that just came into the country. And when I, and we're speaking, he's, he's located here and we're speaking. And I said, ah, Pastor, you know, will you book me? I mean, don't worry. <laughs> we are, it's, don't worry. <laughs> we, are all, we are all there. You know, we, we will get there one way or the other. You know, the God that did it from Ireland, we used to call it Island. I used to call it Island. <laughs> Before God now promoted me to understand that it's Ireland. Not Island. So we go to where are you going? Let God Island. Amen. It's not Island. Spell it. Spell it. <laughs> it's the truth, no? That's what it is. Island. Amen. You know, they cannot teach us English. Tell us this, and now come back and say, no, this one's not pronouncing. Why? <laughs> Why? Amen. Um. So. The Bible says that they brought that before him and worshipped him. I'm just going to go, um, go to, let's just go to the, um, um, Matthew chapter 1. Sorry. It says, it says, she shall bear a son. Now, I'm reading the Amplified Classic. It says, she shall bear a son. You shall call his name Jesus. You know, I've said this to, to us. The same name Joshua was called, the same name Jesus was called. They called both of them Yeshua. Amen. So, you know, God help us in Jesus' name. So, you know, and the Bible says that, it said, but the interpretation is Savior. The reason why, again, we talked about this in Bible study at the time. Um, Moses brought them out of Egypt but could not bring them into the, into the promised land. So you had Joshua lead them to the promised land. The prophets have been leaving, leaving them for the whole testament but they could not come into the promised land that is into his rest and Christ brought them into his rest. So the Bible says so Joshua means savior. But this one did not die for us. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, so he said, He will save his people from their sins. That is, prevent them from falling or missing the true hand and scope of life, which is God. So, let's just go to the next slide. We talked about this before. I just feel that you know, it's just important as we celebrate this so that we understand that on that day they brought these three gifts to Christ. This is the most this is the strangest gift you give to any child. You may understand gold, 
Because Kankara put it in your, in, your, in your bank. For if I bought incense as a gift for your child, you'd be like, <laughs> you came all the way from your country. Because these guys came from a different country. You came all the way from your country to come and present my child incense. But that incense was to signify that he was the high priest and he would be, he is the mediator. Because what the high priest would do is to, the high priest would do is to begin to, you know, when you come before God and the high priest brings his, 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 his sense for him, the place is covered with smoke, which gives a protection for you to come into the presence of God. So when they brought him, when they gave, presented it to him, they were saying he is going to be the high priest. Please, it's interesting to me that there were two sets of groups that came to see Jesus. One was the shepherds. They were in Israel. But the ones that brought these three, three um, three gifts before him were non-Jews. They came from another country of the East, the Bible says. And that says to me that Jesus alone is not only the king of the Jews, but the king of the world. Because if you were to be the king of the Jews alone, the, the, the shepherd would have presented to him, to him everything that anybody else wants. So the Bible said they brought in gold, which means royalty. They brought in frankincense, which means he is the priest. And they now brought in mal, which is a cream, an ointment used for burial. Basically saying, he is the king. He is the mediator. But the ultimate sacrifice, everything will culminate on Calvary. If you do not understand that, and not understand the celebrate Christmas in that consciousness, you are offering him an honor that is below him. He says that, he says, and this man is for their burial. It's a, I don't know how Mary would take it. Somebody presented a cream of burial to you. You'd be like, <laughs> excuse me, we are doing, maybe you missed uh, part, but you say, ah, God forbid, you have come here. You <laughs> see somebody presented a casket to somebody as birthday gift, as well as, but it was a sign to who has come. And that same, let's go to, and that, and this culminates into, can I make this brings everything 
into cavern. Because on cavern, you see the crown. On Calvary, you see his debts. And on Calvary, you see him standing as a slaughtered animal. Basically, the mediator between you and God. So the picture you saw on Christmas was displayed on Calvary. Because the crown of thorns he had was to signify that I was the king of Jews. The breaking of his bone, sorry, of, of um, um, uh, um, what's it called? His bone wasn't broken. His, um, the whipping, the stripes, was to, and the killing was to ask, that is the way people use the goat of animals to come be, to be able to stand in the holiness of God. So when the when 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 you see that when before God comes in, before the Pharisees they would what they would do what, the priests they would take the incense and blow the incense before God, and that comes as a sacrifice of. He said that's why David said let my let my prayer come up before you as an incense. And that is what we have on Calvary. And that is why when we celebrate Christmas, it is different for us. Because we are celebrating the King, the Mediator, and the Sacrifice. I'll just read. Just scripture to us, 1 Corinthians, please. I'll read the Amplified Version. Now, this is Paul talking about people when they approach the table of God. See, so when we do Christmas, it is actually celebrating the communion. Because all they presented to him is represented at the communion table. So you begin to see, he says, whosoever eats bread, then whosoever eats bread of, of the cup of the Lord, in a way that is unworthy of him, of him, please know that him there is the capital letter. So when he said, unworthy of him, that is unworthy of God, you are not conscious you are celebrating the communion, but you are not conscious of him. He says, he says, we will be guilty of profaning and sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. But if a person prayerfully, what does prayer mean is that you are conscious of what you are doing. You are, you are setting your eyes on Christ. He said, prayerfully examines himself. In and his relationship to Christ. He said, and when he hold, when and only when he has done so should he eat of the bread and, uh, and of the cup. 
Let's read on, please. Now, this is the part I wanted to. 29. If anybody, if, if, so for, for anyone who eats and drinks without solemn reverence, heartfelt gratitude for the sacrifice of Christ, when you approach Christmas, the celebration of his body, the celebration of his sacrifice. He said, please, let's approach it with reverence and heartfelt, that's what we started from, heartfelt gratitude for the sacrifice he has done. Are you approaching Christmas as a heartfelt gratitude for the sacrifice he gave to you. And that is what we will be doing on this Christmas. No wonder God said to us, share the communion. I don't know if you had the prophecy. Share the communion over three Wednesdays. He now said to us on Christmas, gather people, tell them the real meaning of Christmas. As if he was saying to you, link the two together. Link the two together. May God grant us grace. Please take this Christmas a little bit different. Approach it with gratitude for his sacrifice. It is a time to rejoice. But we should rejoice. See, the Passover the, 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 is the same as the Passover. I'm just going to this last scripture, Exodus chapter 12. He said, he said, the blood on the doorstep will be a mark in the house of, of in the houses in which you live in. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. I will not let any harm punish you. In that said, you must celebrate this day as a religious festival to remind you of what I of remind you of what I the Lord have done. He's saying you should continually remember Passover. But it should be you should remind it should be remembered for one thing. The question is, as we end this, what are you grateful for on Christmas? Is every is your gratitude has everything else but what matters most? 
And as we gather together to celebrate Christmas, we are celebrating the deaths, the coming, the deaths, and the resurrection of Christ. May God grant us grace. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.